Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at Managing Editor, FightfulWrestling.com. Go over there and get all of your wrestling news. But hey, maybe you like MMA. Maybe you like boxing. Maybe you wanted to watch Canelo versus Jacobs, uh, some uh, live uh, coverage, some post shows. Maybe you want to uh, watch this weekend's UFC 237, Bellator 221. You want somebody to talk to while you're there. You want all the updates. Fightful.com, FightfulMMA.com, FightfulBoxing.com. All that good stuff. We've got a preview show this Tuesday. If you want to support our independent coverage of pro wrestling directly, subscribe to Fightful Select. There have been a lot of stories that have broken over the last week there. A lot of stuff about Leo Rush, Raw firing a lead writer. Uh, This week is my Q&A show. Subscribers ask me as many questions as they want. Nothing is off limits from uh, MMA to wrestling, basketball even. Whatever you guys want, there's just so many things to to, uh, break down over there. Just go check it out. Lots of cool stuff. Also, want to give a quick plug uh, to Kristen Ashley, uh, a Fightful contributor, launched her own women's wrestling website today, bell to bells That's B-E-L-L-T-O-B-E-L-L-E-S. Go check it out. She's going to be doing a lot of great stuff over there. Well, we've got Monday Night Raw to talk about, and we're talking about it with Alex Pawlowski. Alex, how you doing? Well, you know, there's been some highs and lows today. Uh, I had to put down my cat. He was 19, so he lived a really full life and was loved for, for a good portion of it. With I a rescued- good family, it would appear. Yeah, yeah. I had him for the last 12 years of his life, and uh, he was he actually rode shotgun with me on two cross-country road trips, just sitting in the passenger seat. Wow. Yeah, really good cat. Uh, loved him a lot, but he was really old, and he needed to rest, so I said it was time. Um, so that happened, and then the Bucks won, so that's great, and then and then- – and then the wild card rule happened. So that was I, I'm going to dedicate my rant to your fallen cat. Thank you. Because I am a cat lover. Yeah, I know. So this this will be this is this is for Kitty. What was its name? Simon. Simon, hell of a name. Yeah. Hell of a name. Yeah. Give name. your cats good names. Oliver is one. Yeah, I've got name. an Oliver. Good good 
upstanding names. So let's go ahead and talk about this. I had broken the news today that uh, WWE Raw lead writer Ryan Callahan was let go from the company last week. I've got a full write-up on Fightful.com about that. Go check it out, guys. We'll talk more about it this week. The viewership and ratings for WWE Raw were low. Yeah, low. You, you low. Could say, you could say low. they were low, yeah. yeah. Uh, they canceled a house show tonight. I, I'm not going to pretend to exactly know why. Speculation is ticket sales. We'll see. I did not react well to the wild card announcement. For those who uh, who are wondering, we're going to review this show in totality, but I wanted to get this right out of the way. I got a text message from somebody within WWE that I think very highly of who doesn't usually talk to me while shows are going on. So this surprised me. And they said to me, quote, dude, you just hate everything WWE these days, end quote. Now, I have been known from time to time to have thin skin. Uh-huh. I live in a town of 250, Alex. If somebody doesn't like you here, something has gone wrong, yeah, terribly it's wrong. It's true. That, that has been rectified in recent years. But what I do get thin-skinned about is someone, especially in the company, implying that we have some sort of bias, implying that we are not fair. I I love what I do. I have... Uh, I could do all kinds of different stuff if I wanted to. I want to cover pro wrestling. I love pro wrestling. I love combat sports. I love Fightful. It's what I care about. And I also care about the integrity and the intelligence of our viewers and our readers. And I respect them too much to provide a bias. And if I ever felt like I was biased, I would take myself off the show. I poke fun at Alex a little bit sometimes when he has his favorites, but if I thought it compromised the integrity of the show, I would replace Alex, and Alex would probably go, you know what, I understand. I'm not having a good time doing this anymore. Yeah. You got better shit to do with your time if you're being miserable during a show. And I said, no, you know what I don't like? I don't like a bunch of call-ups in December with no plan. It was just a quick Band-Aid a fixer for when Vince McMahon came out and said, oh, we're going we're gonna to listen to the fans. And then they brought up, one, a few people who probably weren't ready to be brought up. Sure. But hey, you know what? A couple of those I ended up liking. Lacey Evans, I'm liking her. Lars yeah. Sullivan, I'm liking him. EC3, what the hell's going on with him? Heavy Machinery, why'd you bring them up? They don't know. What brand are they on? Some of them we still don't know. What brand is Nikki Cross on? I don't know, Alex. I don't know. So what happens? Nothing happens. Things don't get better. The creative direction doesn't get better. Of course, there are a few bright spots. The Kofi Kingston storyline ruled. Loved it. But they completely lucked into that shit. Sure. And hey, that's okay. I'll take lucky. I'll take good if lucky. Then they brought up more people. They brought up Gargano and Ciampa. And you you couldn't have predicted what was going to happen with Ciampa. Ricochet and Alistair Black, and it's like, hey, what brand are they on? I don't know. We'll figure it out. Uh, Superstar Shakeup, we'll announce it like a month and a half, two months ahead of time. So you guys know that we'll get serious eventually. And I'm like, all right, you know what? That sucks. It's stupid, but whatever. I bitched about it leading up to WrestleMania. Something like 30 people switched brands. And then we hear through the grapevine, well, they'll get more serious around WrestleMania or around October, that's that's when Fox wants the, mm-hmm. the separate brand splits. I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. 
WrestleMania comes and goes. The Superstar Shakeup comes and goes. And I'm thinking, all right, Alex, here we go. They're going to get serious. They're going to get serious about this. And why is the brand split important, Alex? Why is it important? You, you tell me. Because they have so much talent. Yeah. They had such a, a just stocked roster that you can't fit the amount of good people they have on a single show. Five hours worth with combined brands, and yeah. you've got such a good roster, you don't know what to do with all these people. Even though traditionally, you have had a massive struggle finding anything to do with some of these people that you yeah. fell all over yourselves to sign. Some yeah. of which you signed purely out of spite so somebody else wouldn't have them and use them creatively. Yep. Holy shit, man. Yeah. Uh, Some could, of these guys. You could take a full quarter of the main roster, drop them back down to NXT, and run a two-hour NXT show every week. Like Luke Harper wants on TV, Alex. He's <laughs> begging to get on TV. Former, I had a person... I had a person that told me today, whatever happened with Vince and Luke Harper, Vince decided that he wasn't going to like whatever he did. And that's somebody real close to the situation. So you got these people that are begging to be on TV and they said, you know what? If I don't, if I can't get on TV, can we just get out of our deals? Vince is like, nah, not doing it, not doing it. And I'm okay with some of the stuff that's happening here, but my God, they get on there tonight and they say, well, here's what we're going to do. Ah, wild card. And it was delivered in such a way that I thought it was Vince being a parody of himself. I thought it was Vince playing a senile character where he made these rash decisions on the fly because he was out of touch. Now, I I do hear a fair share of people say, in the brand split, in the brand split. Well, then you got about 15, 20 more people who are unhappy. You've got 15, 20 more creatively unsatisfied people. You've got a whole host of people that don't have any goddamn clue what their future is going to be in a company that they've dreamed of getting to and worked their ass off getting there. That Some of them have moved across the country to make travel arrangements easier. You get all this shit going on, but one guy changes things last minute. Happens all the time. And then I got somebody who I like and respect saying, man, you just hate on everything WWE. And initially, my reaction to that would have been, piss off, mate. But I said, no, there's a lot of things I like about WWE. There's a whole lot of things I like about WWE. I love the Lars Sullivan build. Wish he could get some matches. Firefly Funhouse seems different and fun. The Kofi build was great. The Lacey Evans stuff was great. And they say back to me is, all I know is I went out in the crowd and they were going nuts. And I said, that's nice. They have the ability to do that. They have, they, they reserve their right for that. But you know what? You know what makes me go nuts? Shit that makes sense. Even a semblance of it. I, I do not trust any live raw audience. They cheered Baron Corbin out or not cheered. They gave Baron Corbin a reaction out the ass last week. Right, I was right. there. It was loud. Right. I do not trust any live raw audience to think critically when the first strains of no chance in hell start playing over the loudspeakers. Like, oh my God, it's Vince. I get to see Vince. When I swear to you, a whole bunch of those people, the day prior, would be tweeting out stuff about how Vince sucks and he's so out of touch and everything, but oh my God, he's here in front of me. I better cheer for Vince. 
Now, I mean, I, I, what, what upsets me is that this person knows better. This okay. person knows better, and they know it's horse shit. They know that the superstar spot or superstar shakeup was botched monumentally. Huge. Huge botch. Yeah. Why? Because Raw doesn't have any uh, workhorse women that have been protected. SmackDown has no tag teams. None. SmackDown has no tag teams to the point to where the Hardy Boys vacated the title. They throw up a graphic of, What's going to happen with the tag team division? One of those tag teams is Shane McMahon and Elias, and the other one is Finn Balor and Ali. What did I miss, Alex? <laughs> Ali's your boy. When have he and Finn Balor become a team? They they teamed last week in in the um you know, the the obligatory two good guys who were in the Money in the Bank ladder match versus two bad guys who were in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Now I guess they're a tag team. You know who else is on uh, on SmackDown that we haven't seen in three weeks? Heavy Machinery. Now, you know what? The Revival could scoot on over to SmackDown in this wild card and win some tag titles and <laughs> help the division. And there will be people saying, you know what, Sean? Not so bad now, is it? Well, you know what? They could have just moved in the shakeup. Yeah. The, the, Tonight. The, the idea that you could say in hindsight, like that it eventually – through all kinds of terrible mistakes and whoopsie daisies, and we gotta figure, we gotta fix this, you know, screw up. Oh, finally, the revival get to be on SmackDown and are used properly over there. Like, uh, see me happy now? Well, yes, but it should not have taken you all of these terrible screw ups to get to this point. Like that, that's not, that's not how things should. Work. The whole, the whole superstar shakeup was was terrible, terrible to begin with. And then the idea, like, over the weekend, Roman's like, I still got unfinished business on Raw. I'll be there. And then their their official WWE Twitter account has the nerve to go, although Roman says he'll be here, he's contracted to SmackDown Live and will not be allowed to perform on Raw. I'm like, who are you fooling? Like, this is was such an obvious ploy of, like, God, ratings still suck. In case of in case of glass, in case of uh, emergency, break glass under the glass is Roman Reigns. So I, I get it. I get why they're doing it. They they want to stack this show and they want to stack all these shows. I get it. But if you build stars, yeah, man, effectively, you don't have to worry about this. The main event of Monday Night Raw tonight was a match that could have main evented SmackDown Live tomorrow night. It featured two. SmackDown people. Like at least the other one where Roman came over, he fought Drew, who's on Raw. Brit, why would I, I don't I don't I just some don't people will excuse anything. There is no reason to need a wild card. No, no. Can can some interesting stuff happen from it? Yeah, sure. But you could have oh my you could have set the table. You could have, yeah. There's, there's, I don't know, man. This this whole thing where where the idea that that Roman shows up, he's been announced that he's gonna he's gonna be there, but they don't want him there. Vince McMahon is very upset that he showed up. So in the middle of me breaking all that Leo Rush news last week, and I talked to him, he said nobody ever breaks good news, happy news. I'm like, well, one, WWE doesn't give us access to do that. Two, I'm begging WWE writers, agents, producers, wrestlers. Hit my inbox with some happy, positive news. Please. Come to me and tell me the writers that are doing great things. Tell me the producers that are doing great things. Tell me your contemporaries that are working their asses off. 
that are going to creative, that are going to vents and saying, hey, I want this doesn't make sense or this does make sense or tell me the great ideas that Vince McMahon in particular has. Yep. Tell me the great ideas that Stephanie or Triple H or Shane or anybody, Michael Hayes, that are contributing. Give me those stories. You don't have to hit my inbox and air your grievances. You can hit my inbox and tell me positive things, and I'm going to report that shit too. So to say to me, oh, you hate everything WWE, well, that's complete horseshit. I watched a Drew McIntyre-Roman Reigns match tonight, and I thought it was Drew McIntyre's best singles match of his WWE career. I liked it. There's a lot of things on this show I enjoyed. This wild card horseshit was not some of it. The the problem I have is is it it was obviously so forced, but that they sold it as though it was an idea Vince had in the middle of the endless promo segment. We talked about this. We we went back and forth on uh, uh, Twitter. You say the the first half hour of the show featured zero wrestling. And it's like that old, it's like like from uh, Jurassic Park where Jeff Goldblum is like, eventually there will be uh, dinosaurs uh, in your, on your dinosaur tour, but with wrestling. So, so yeah, you, you keep on talking over and over and over again. You have all these people who are from SmackDown show up, and Vince is like, hey, I got an idea. Since the three of you are here now, how about we have this wild card rule? What? No, that's, that's stupid. Wrestling that's fans are not unreasonable for wanting a show that makes sense. Yes. And I do not give a shit. About the people that come in and say, oh, oh, everybody wants them to do different things. This isn't different. This is the same thing they have been doing since December. Oh, by the way, (laughs) when you look at this and and some some people say, well, it's for six-year-olds. I'm like, no, not. There's plenty of this shit that is not for six-year-olds. This is. There's a happy uh, medium. You can can program so that six-year-olds can get and understand and be entertained by much of your show, but program, let's say, to 14-year-olds who have the capacity to understand rational thought. You know what I mean? And, like, And we got people that say, oh, positive stories don't get clicks, horse shit. No, I no, used no. to run producer lists, and people would – the story would be who produced that good match, who yeah. produced that great match. Yeah. Uh, I, I hear that all the time. Listen. A lot of people say, why don't they have floating champions? Uh, no, why don't you build up your two brands effectively? That yeah. way, Raw and SmackDown are both valuable entities, like what they got paid for. And then you can have special shows like Survivor Series where you have super fights as a result. Yeah, how about this? How about when somebody's gotten over organically and is and is rocketing to a point where you did not expect them to, you don't like cool them off by having them lose a few matches in a row or or just or keep them off TV for a couple of weeks or or have their build end abruptly and shift them over to some other storyline that doesn't make sense. How about you actually figure out how to harness that uh, organic grassroots appeal that some of your guys are getting from their audience? How about you do that every now and then? Nah, we can't do that. By the way, we didn't even get into the fact that this is supposed to be three stars at the beginning of this. And even by the end of the night, in storyline, Vince McMahon changed it. Oh, by the way, there were actually five because Elias didn't count. Holy crap. We actually have a show to review. But let me make this clear. 
this will never be a biased podcast. No. We will talk as Alex and I feel about things that we like, things that we don't like. I talk about people that I don't like, that I have interacted with personally, and they have been absolute dipshits to me. And I review their segments without bias. That is my duty and my responsibility to you guys. And if that hasn't shined through in, in the work that we do, I don't know what to tell you. We we care too much about our viewers and our readers to let anything like that happen or to hate on everything WWE. For the love of God, I have reviewed every Impact pay-per-view since Fightful launched. That's some real dark times <laughs> and some real bright times too. Same with Ring of Honor. No bias here. We're going to do the same thing for AEW, but... The reason why a company like AEW is getting the buzz that it is is because of things like this, uh-huh. because of creative satisfaction. I posted a tweet this weekend. I have had zero wrestlers come to me and say, man, you know what? If, I, if they don't give me that belt, I'm leaving. But I have had a ton say, I just want something creatively satisfying. I just want them to do something. Yeah. These people are artists, guys. Yeah. You, you, they, hear, you hear stories about people who finally get a meeting with Vince and they've got like four or five ideas for some place they can take the character. He hates all of them. And that's it. That's the end of it. And you, 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 then you, you don't even get another meeting with the guy. It's done. And there are people that I know that have worked there and they spew the WWE horse shit even mm-hmm. after they're gone. But I mean, quite honestly, the thing is, what we have thought of on this show a lot of times, I would say four out of five times, a writer's probably already thought about it. And already pitched it. it. Already pitched it, and it's been a no. Yep. That that happens all the time. Lucha Underground, that first that first season was so creative and out of yeah. the box, and some Crazy. of that stuff would have worked in WWE. Krista Joseph said, yeah, 90 95% of my shit got shot down. Yeah. That's how it is. We are going to talk about Raw. <laughs> Man. Reminder, guys. <laughs> this weekend, I'm doing a post-show UFC uh 227 and Bellator 221 loaded shows. Join me and join our live comment section as well. Vince McMahon comes out as if we haven't talked enough about it. He's immediately interrupted by Roman Reigns. Reigns says that while he was gone, Vince McMahon said the people were the authority, but that was a lie. And that's the truth. I I do like that callback that they actually realized that we haven't forgotten about it out here. When you told us we were the authority, we remember that shit. And the fact that it took you less than like a month to go back on that promise. And we're still waiting to be put in charge of stuff. So I like that they have Roman. I mean, do I do I like that it's Roman that's the voice of the people? Not necessarily. But I, I like that somebody out there is actually coming to the forefront with this. I thought he got a pretty good reaction for this too, all things considered, saying that he fought for the universe. Daniel Bryan is out. Vince McMahon was the shits in this segment. It's so bad. Vince McMahon was maybe like the fifth or sixth best talker in this segment, which went 30 minutes, Alex. And it was so long. Daniel Bryan literally could have just shown up on Raw and they could have said, well, he's a Raw superstar now because he hadn't been around since yes. the shakeup. Yes. And here's how I feel, Alex. If you're struggling to make your shows matter, I would rather they go back to the 2005 method of the draft mm-hmm. and just have it continue over four weeks. Yeah. That's a good way to keep us questioning. It's a good way 
for you to add flexibility to your show. If you want to do all this jumping and shit, had they done that, then maybe the Alistair Black Andrade thing wouldn't have been as egregious. Yeah. I, I, I like the idea that like you have like the draft, draft, drafts in a week, but over the next month, trades can happen at yeah. any time. That'd be really cool. So the guys, guys go back and forth. You have one guy in the second week gets traded from Raw to SmackDown, and in the fifth week gets traded back from SmackDown to Raw. You could do fun stuff. Now, this was a little bit different, but in, I think it was 04, Triple H got drafted to SmackDown, and then they immediately, what they did was, they were like, well, we can use this as an opportunity to restock SmackDown. We'll trade him for, like, Jindrak, and I think it was the Dudley Boys, and Booker yeah. T. Yeah, It was like a bunch of people, which, uh, actually, if you all search our archives, there was a funny... Uh, Shane Helms article. We talked about that on, on the podcast and he was like, yeah, I just think that was a way to put triple H over some more without him pinning anybody, <laughs> but there are creative ways to do that. And you know yes. what, if you, ex- if you make the superstar shakeup a month long event, that closes a lot of the stuff that we just bitched about for 20 minutes at the top of this show. There you go. Um, a lot of those loopholes are closed and opened even you get a lot more flexibility and opportunity. How many times do we talk about a plot hole that could be fixed with three or four seconds of dialogue? All of a yeah. sudden, there's no more questions. We're asking questions for five minutes. Well, all you got to do is have somebody say this. And the, the, there you go. It's all done. It's all well, clo- lip hole closed. You know what? There are some holes that three or four seconds of dialogue Man. just won't fill. <laughs> and there are some holes that you want to spend a little bit more than three or four seconds in, Alex. Yes, it's true. You want it, you, want you know spend, what I'm talking yeah, about? You spend a lot of time in certain holes, yeah. The holes aren't always a bad thing. No, it's, that's true. It's Especially true. when you're filling them. Yes, yeah. No, everyone likes a full hole. With BlueChew.com, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Do a little shake-up of your own, if you know what I'm saying. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work, but how about this? Better, cheaper, faster. Take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. You can make it last as long as you want. Hey, you want to go four or five straight Mondays? You can do it. You want to limit it to one? That's up to you, mate. Prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. No in-person doctor's visits. No waiting at the pharmacy. No more awkwardness. They're made in the USA. And since they ship direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And right now, you get them free. Just use that code FIGHTFUL. Try it out for free. You don't have to have a problem to use Blue Chew. You don't have to uh, have booked yourself into oblivion, so to speak, to need Blue Chew. Sometimes you just want that enhancement, my friends. Hit them up at Get Blue Chew. Let them know you heard about them from us. I'm stoked to meet some, some Blue Chew fans in Vegas. I'm not signing any erections, though. That'd be the only thing anybody ever wanted me to sign. (sighs) Got to live the gimmick, you know what I'm saying? TJ Ridgeway, thank you for the super chat. He says, hole-filling pop. By the way, 
Donate any amount on Super Chat. We will answer your question. We're way behind on these. By the way, <laughs> someone last week, I told them I'd get back to it, said that they wanted us, wanted us to do a James Harden flop of the week. Well, wow. it ain't going to be you when you take Blue Chew. <laughs> We're gonna hit. We're gonna think of that. We're gonna think on that. Yeah, yeah. That's gonna be a good one. But we got to get through this first segment first because we're 25 minutes into the show. Kofi Kingston comes out. Great ovation. Those pops have not subsided, Alex. No, they have not. There's people are still riding high on Kofi. Pleasant good surprise to me. Yes. No, it's good. That 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 felt so again. That felt so organic to people. That was one uh, my, my my an example of that grassroots support that you really get behind these people. That the audience feels like I'm choosing to root for this person. You're not telling me to root for them. I'm choosing to root for this person. And as long as you keep pushing them, they'll keep supporting them. So their reasoning for showing up, Brian and Kofi, was that Roman showed up. So they were like, oh, if you do it, we're doing it. Vince McMahon then enacts the very stupid wild card rule, uh-huh. which has happened since December. One of our super chat, Astros J, says uh, this could help out with injury concerns. So could building more stars. Right, right. Crispin asks uh, Vince playing a senile character or losing his mind. I thought so initially, yeah, but I, I don't think I, so I don't, now. I don't think so. But if they come back in three weeks and say no. These brands matter. I will be very happy about Listen, that. The, the, the storyline that I would pop for the most is a storyline where Triple H is trying to gain control of the company. Yeah. Like saying, old man, your time has passed. This is crazy what you're doing, what you're doing to my guys. If you did like Triple H saying all these, all these recent calls from NXT that you're doing dirty, they're my guys. And you have kind of like Triple H and, and, and Vince McMahon is like team captains going at each other for control of the company. You could do that. I'd watch that all day. I love that. I love that. There, there's a lot of ways that they can go with that. I talked to someone in NXT about Triple H taking over, and they were like, man, he's so busy with NXT even. I don't know how he would handle <laughs> WWE. Yeah. Oh, man. So Vince McMahon makes Kofi versus Brian, makes Reigns versus McIntyre. I think that since... The people are the authority. The people are to blame for the wild card, though. McIntyre also complains, but this sets up the match, and Daniel Bryan gets an immediate title rematch. Another thing they killed. Yeah. So AJ and Seth comes out, and AJ's not happy about this. He shouldn't be. It's stupid. He's like, I say, I spent years in at SmackDown. Building SmackDown up. I finally get to Raw. And now it's like, anybody can be on any brand now. What? Yeah, he should be pissed. So Vince says, I can tell you guys want to wrestle, but not each other. (laughs) And we get a really good tag team match. Baron Corbin and Bobby Lashley defeated Seth Rollins and AJ Styles. This is the type of match where you can see Baron Corbin's in-ring worth. Fast-paced, not a lot of time-killing. You do have a couple commercials there, so if he's slowing it down, it's probably there. I thought that Corbin did great here. I thought Lashley did great here. Everybody did great here. This was a good match. In the ring tonight, there was a lot to like about Raw. I love the wrestling tonight. And that's part of the apologist, WWE apologist, when something bad happens, they say, 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Oh my God, you tried booking a year every every week of three hours. And I'm like, like a significant portion of that is entrances and in ring. Yeah. Like the writers aren't always writing stuff like that. So uh, I, I'm tired of that crutch. I'm sure it's not easy, but that's no. why you have so many people there. You have input from stars. Uh, Lashley did a goddamn YOLO dive. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I'm glad that he was not hurt here, Alex. Me too. Uh, that that reminded me of that one time that uh, Cesaro did one of those things and landed up directly on top of his head. And we were all were like, "Oh, Cesaro's dead now." That's that's a thing we just witnessed. Uh, thankfully not, and also thankfully not tonight with Bobby Lashley. Yeah, indeed, he's he's doing really well uh, tonight as as well. The back body drop, a lost art that AJ Styles has perfected. That's for damn sure. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of guys who just don't like to take that. Uh, Rollins gets a hot tag, runs through the heels, but he gets accidentally, quote-unquote, hit by the phenomenal forearm. And then Rollins gets hit with the end of days. I love how protected that finish is. It is yep. That's some consistency I can get on board with. Yes. If, if anything else about Baron Corbin, that finish is protected. I don't know how much say he has had in that, but I'm hope. Hey, wrestlers, hit me up. Let me know. Yeah. Baron's got me blocked, but hey. We'll figure it out. Now, I do have a couple questions. Why did Styles wrestle for 20 minutes and then leave? Uh, I don't know. Um, like that, that answer. Yeah. I'd like that answered. What did you think of this match? I uh, liked it. Uh, good back and forth. I mean, it furthers the Seth Rollins, uh, AJ thing, which is good. And um, Corbin and Lashley get to look strong and like buddies. I guess that's good. Yeah, uh, and I mean, they have been buddies within the story, so I'm cool with that, too. Sami Zayn comes out and kind of puts over the dumb wild card. He was like, hey, this is a dumb idea. I thought it was kind of cool, but whatever. And I'm pretty sure that Sami Zayn cut a promo based on Adam Sandler's uh, Romano Tours character from this week's SNL. Uh for those of you who didn't see this, and Alex, uh, you had to step away for a moment. Did you yeah. happen to see Adam Sandler's Romano Tours skit this week? No, the only thing I saw from Adam Sandler's hosting Saturday Night Live was that Chris Farley song, which yeah. made me cry uncontrollably for like five minutes. <laughs> Terrible song, great, great message, though. Yes, great message. Yeah. The Romano Tours thing was him as a, <laughs> a tour salesman, where he basically says, Come on my trips to Italy, but if you're miserable at home, you're going to be miserable over there too. It will not fix anything. <laughs> that is the promo that Sami Zayn cut. Braun Strowman comes out and just runs Sami Zayn off. Mm-hmm. Chases him to the back. I like this too. Sure. Sami Zayn traditionally is hated by Braun Strowman. Yes. Yeah, they, they have a, a, a history going back to when Sami Zayn was mega babyface and Braun was just you know destroying everything in his path. Uh, there was that great, um, re- I said great, ridiculous match concept 
where Sami Zayn won a pay-per-view match against Braun Strowman by virtue of surviving longer than yes. the agreed-upon time limit. Yes. Braun did not murder you inside of 10 minutes, therefore you win, is a very odd pay-per-view. Reminds me of the time that Chris Harris was at this indie show that I was at, and supposedly he was drunk. So they were like, uh, we got to rock with this two-minute challenge match <laughs> where he beat him in like two minutes. Uh, so Zane gets chased and thrown into a dumpster. Then a trash truck comes up, a compactor, and throws him in it. Uh-huh. What did you think of this? Well, uh, you know, Braun chasing him down. Like This is the thing. It's like Braun sent the money in the bank ladder match. Sammy's not. It's a weird pairing here right now. It doesn't seem like it's got legs. But okay, that's fine. I'm I'm fine with Braun and Sammy having a thing. Also, Braun throwing Sammy in the dumpster, fine. There was this very interesting little look on on Braun's face as the garbage truck was coming to pick up the dumpster. Because lest we forget, Braun himself has done battle with a trash truck and a compactor within it. Now he survived. But I'm certainly that guy has to scar a man, like he has to remember that and and think, do I really want this for Sami Zayn? Could I have intervened? Should I have intervened? These are the things that I hope are going through the very nuanced psyche of Braun Strowman, as he thinks, pauses before he walks away. He does not relish the thought of Sami Zayn being crushed inside a crash compactor. But we'll see if what happened with Braun. Happens with Sami Zayn, where Sami Zayn returns next week on Raw in an entirely different uh, garbage uh, truck. So we'll see. Lucha House Party get a squash match. I mean, they dominated these jobbers. This, this... I, I, I thought, I, I honestly, as soon as I saw who <laughs> Cedric, they were fighting, Cedric, a, a, a shrunken Cesaro, and Dash Wilder was who I thought it was. I was yeah. like, what a pairing! was very odd. Um, as soon as I saw that it was the Lucha House Party wrestling a bunch of jobbers, I was just, like, in my phone, like, looking back and forth at the match, like, like, h- how long is this going to go on before the Viking Raiders show up? Like, well, I was it, I, I was assuming it was going to be 20 seconds of, you know, you know, drop kicks, and then, you know, the Viking Raiders show up, but they never showed up! Well, this was, I, I like this. One sure. minute of high-flying, cool, get your shit in, Let's squash these dorks. I, but I did feel like the audience was live audience in the building was kind of waiting for Viking Raiders to show up too because they were like, "What's going on? We ha- these yeah. guys don't have squash matches." But I'm cool with that. Some, sure. These guys need some. They Justin, do. They do. Justin Jones sent a super chat that said, "Was Luke Harper driving the garbage truck to dispose of Sammy?" <laughs> I, I, uh... I would like to see Luke Harper involved. I would I wanna, very, very wanna, much like to see I him. I want to see Luke Harper anywhere. So a couple of these jobbers barely hit the ring, but like I said, hey, Jimmy Vans beat this drum for quite a while. Get some enhancement matches in there. I'm for it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many you're going to see when you have three to four SmackDown members on this roster every week, though. So Yeah, 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 I guess. They have a match for Ricochet's Money in the Bank because he was entered into the match fresh off of a loss to Robert Roode. So, of course, Roode wanted this match, but he lost, and they 50-50'd it. This was okay. It was fine. It looked like they got a little lost at one point. Yeah. But there was a spine buster. Uh, There was a nasty bump off the top rope. 
Ricochet wins with the 630. Okay, I think that having qualifying matches would have been yes. a lot better because it's yes. one of those things, Alex, where yeah. they could have done the superstar shakeup for four or five weeks. Then for two weeks, mm-hmm. they could have had qualifying matches. And then you've got right fresh off of WrestleMania, six weeks of stakes. Yeah. Six weeks of a show where you're like, what's going to happen? Who's going to get involved? Right. This is the thing is that next week is not the go home. It, like the, the week after, like it's you. You have plenty of time. You were you were at the at the at the show. Next week uh, is the go home. Uh, next week is the go home. Yes. Okay, well, I guess I'm saying so. Tonight's not the go home. Next week's the yes. go home. So what I'm saying is is that um, last week you weren't you weren't uh, on the podcast. Well, you were briefly, um, yeah. but we we talked about how all like just throwing people into the match when you have so much time before the pay per view, you could have had qualifying matches and you could have had ricochet beat robert rude to get to win his qualifying match thereby getting his win back from Rude the, the week previous it didn't make any sense at the time to like appoint ricochet into the match when he had just lo- lost clean as a sheet to robert so this kind of fixes that retroactively but i don't give you brownie points for that you should have done this ahead of time not after the fact some of these matches could have been Braun bulldozing some poor guy yeah. or whatever, but just say, "Hey, it's it's their opportunity. It's a big yeah. chance." Yeah, they could have they could have had a thing that would have been really funny. You would have had somebody like uh, I don't know, No Way Jose, like get a chance. Like, hey, I got a qualifying match tonight. Let's see who I pick out of the hat as my opponent. It's Braun. Like, you could have been like fun stuff of like people who don't know who's going to, who's going to fight who. We just have here are sixteen guys. We don't know who they're going to fight, and they get to choose names out of a hat as to who their opponent is, and then you can have fun stuff there. Two guys who are friends have to fight. Two guys who are mortal enemies. You know, a comedy thing like a smaller guy getting squashed by Braun, you could do fun stuff. Speaking of 50-50, Ray and Samoa Joe have a segment. Ray is talking to his son, Dominic the Giant, backstage, and he goes into his dressing room, Ray does, and Dominic is walking off, and Joe follows him, and it goes to commercial, and I'm like, oh, that's good. Yeah, it's so good. That, that's a good hook. Now, when we come back, yeah. it's Samoa Joe laying down a real vicious talking to. <laughs> <laughs> a good, a yeah. good old finger wagon. A, a, a good old I want you to give your dad a message for me promo. He doesn't have AOL Instant Messenger, so I'm gonna need you to relay it to him. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he doesn't check my Twitter. So can you please tell him? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he blocked me on Twitter, and I don't have his phone number anymore because I got a new phone. I, I know I started to follow you literally right next to your dad's <laughs> dressing room, but can you send him this message? Yeah, it's a weird thing. Listen, I know he's he's very menacing and everything. The other thing was really funny is that Dominic is legitimately twice his father's size, and yeah. looks like a baby next to next to Samoa Joe. Yes. So it's kind of funny, like how, like, my God, Dominic's a giant. No, he's not. He's he's a regular sized man. Some people forget how small Ray is, and when I made those Leo Ray comparisons, that yeah. what I that's what I was comparing to, right? The size and what could be accomplished. Yeah. Uh, Joe says that Dominic was trying to humiliate Joe last week when he put Ray on his shoulders. That was a nice little touch. Like I don't sure. see it, but yeah. Hey, maybe Joe takes things differently than me. It was his situation, so why not? Yeah. I love this backstage thing where Lacey Evans has 
sent out invitations to her squash match. Yeah. With scented envelopes. Man. Yeah, they're writing her correctly so far. Like yes, so far. She is totally the type of person that would ask for you to RSVP to her squash match. Yes, but as I said last week, if she's breaking out the, oh my God, I can smell your Irish temper from here with, with, with Becky, you could never have her have a feud with Naomi. If she is just whipping out stereotypes about oh everybody, God, yeah. you can't have her have a feud with Naomi ever. Yeah, I would uh, pass on that for sure. <laughs> She wins with the woman's right, uh, lectures the money in the bank women about not cashing in on her. Becky comes out and runs out, runs Lacey away. I mean, this is fine, I guess. I If I were Lacey, though, I'd cut a promo saying, I just competed in a match like it was some like right. <laughs> exhausting thing. Viking Raiders defeated the tag team champions, the Edgeheads, Hawkins and Ryder, second mm-hmm. set of champions to lose tonight. Of course, Joe lost last week, and you you know the drill. Hawkins and Ryder score with a couple good drop kicks, but that's it. I did like something early on where the – I don't know which one is which yet, but Roe got hit with a drop kick. Mm -hmm. Hanson didn't. Yeah, Er Eric is Roe, and Ivar is Hanson. Yes. Uh, The Viking experience lands. Tag team champs lose again. Yeah. Yeah, sure. If I, these guys should be champs. Viking Raiders should be. I, I don't know why Hawkins and Ryder are still champs with all the teams in Raw. Yeah. Rob Wilkins sends a super chat, says Ray wants to get bigger. Blue Chew, hashtag Senzel fan club. I am liking Nick Senzel as a Reds fan right now. I'm liking the Reds in general. I'm okay with that team. Muhammad Salah sent a super chat and said, is Firefly Funhouse a main event or a title gimmick? I don't think so right now. But tonight saw Bray really establish the fact that he has a darker side. He was yeah. he was making excuses for the violence that was happening in Firefly Funhouse, where uh, Mercy the Buzzard gnawed apart the rabbit. What's its name? Ramblin' Rabbit. There you go. What, how, what were your thoughts on this? Because this was the darker side that you had kind of pointed out upon the the initial segment. This was good. Yeah, I really like this segment. Um, as soon as I saw there was stuffing in the buzzer's mouth, I was like, he's eating the rabbit. That's twisted. Because here's the deal. I mean, I, my hypothesis is that Firefly Funhouse, we're going to find out it's not real. Like it's a window into Bray Wyatt's madness. Like it's th- like that's 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 where I think that this is going. Like it feels like that to me is like, these are all his personalities. Mercy the Buzzard, which which wears his Hawaiian shirts that he did when he was. Everyone was saying that's just a Waylon Mercy ripoff when he was doing stuff in NXT early on. Was wearing the Hawaiian shirt. He was talking about all this really weird, twisted stuff. Fine, Sister Abigail, the witch. Okay, I don't know who Ramblin' Rabbit is, but that was obviously the that that the weakest of of those personalities because Mercy the Buzzard ate him. But here's I, the deal I, that I love the most of all. Is at the end after he makes excuses for it, he he sits down with the kids, and the kids are all looking ahead, dead eyed, just just blank faced. And if like if like the fact that that was the most ominous thing about this whole thing is you have a kids show where kids should be like screaming and yelling and yay, but they do not look like they want to be there. It's almost as if it's not a pleasant time 
in Bray Wyatt's mind. Like it's it's interesting. I'm I'm here for it. Do I think it's a main event type, like a title, like a WWE, a Universal Title type character? I, I don't I don't know. But do I think it's compelling television? Oh hell yeah! I would be down for a modern day three faces of Foley type situation here, sure. yeah. and I think Bray could pull it off, and it would tie his character around and make it make a lot more sense. He all he could. Yep. Roman Reigns defeated Drew McIntyre via DQ. I thought, I honestly thought this was the best match of the night. I thought it was better than Kofi and uh, Brian because of the commercial that took place in the middle of it. And because when we saw Drew and Reigns, they were just like, hey, let's throw each other really hard and see how it yeah. works out. This was a junior sirloin sons of bitches yep. division match. They were just throwing each other. There was the Bama Slamma on the apron. The drive-by got countered with a boot. That when deadlift the- suplex thing? That was nice. Awesome. Back from the break, and you can pretty much repeat the throwing each other around thing, but it was yeah. just them beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, yeah. Spinebuster for McIntyre, DDT for Reigns. Uh, McIntyre ran Reigns into the stairs, then did this awesome swinging side-out slam. Yeah. Woo! If there was no wild card rule... And I and I felt like this was a one-off, and these guys were gonna be on separate brands for a year. It did feel like a, hey, let's let, let's lay into each other and give people a reason to want the rematch in a year. You know what I mean? Like it felt like that. When when here's the deal, would I be surprised if they ran this exact same match back again? Oh, I don't know. Tomorrow night on SmackDown with Drew being one of the wild card rule three. No, oh I would boy. not be I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised. But I it felt like a this is a goodbye match for now. And it was it 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 woo, it was good stuff. Reigns catches Drew with a Superman punch and hits a spear. Shane and Elias interfered. Got a DQ. <sighs> Elias holds Reigns up for a claymore, but Throughout the show, we had seen The Miz waiting outside next to Shane's locker room. Yep. Weaved in and out of the other segments. I really like that. He runs off Shane. Shane goes to the parking lot, but Miz is waiting with a chair. And we see a little bit of a parking lot brawl until Shane dips out. I I loved that Charlie is trying to get her gotcha questions in to Shane, who's having none of it, and he tries to run away down to the parking lot. I loved her, like, to the cameraman, follow me. And the cameraman, remember that thing we're talking about where where Batista jumped Ric Flair? And they gave you a reason to have the cameraman be in that position because Batista drags the cameraman into frame and, and he says, wait here and you shoot this? That's the same vibe I got from this segment where Charlie beckons the cameraman to follow her so there's a reason for the cameraman to be there getting that really cool top down shot for that brawl around the limo there if you just had a cameraman out in the parking lot it just doesn't feel nearly as as organic as it would be as like there's a cameraman there hey shoot that that's news you yeah. know like that, that felt really good to me i uh i like that they took it into a different environment i really dig that type of stuff yeah that way you don't see the same stuff uh astros j5 sent a super chat and said Meltzer says they're leaning off women's division or women's evolution, they got six minutes, 35 seconds of screen time. Is that a coincidence? Plus Lacey getting uh, near no reaction pop. 
Uh, well, that's because she's barely been built. They just started a month ago. A lot of these people don't know who the hell she is. You're going to see them try a lot of different things. You're going to see them go heavy with uh, women's segments. You're going to see them go very, very light. Like tonight, I think they're going to try a lot of different things tonight. Or not tonight, uh, but in the future. Usos are sneaking around backstage. You have the Revival against the club, or at least it was planned to be. Uh, you could see Carl Anderson's wife not too happy about this segment on Twitter. I think it would have been hilarious if this match happened and it was just the club and Revival trying their hardest to get pinned by the other people. <laughs> just to bury themselves. The Usos have put Usi hot in the Revival's bag, I guess. It's sweat activated. So when the Revival sweat... The balls get real hot. Right, but right. Alex, the thing is, you can't pour water on it, even though the Usos give the Revival water, because that makes it worse. Right. Got to apply heat. Yep. This was dumb. I didn't think it was funny. Nope. I thought the Revival played it off as best they could. Yeah, they really they really sold it. Here's the deal. This is the thing. Um, you know, uh, uh, okay, so this is, this is they, when the, over the weekend, WWE.com says, um, is this the is this the first of, of many humiliations that the revival will have to suffer? Tune in to find out. I mean, what they what they meant, quote unquote, was was will the Usos continue to prank them? But what it was obviously saying is sign the deals, or there's more of this in your future. And and apparently the Dash and Dawson were like, bring it on on social media. So I love that they uh, that uh, what appeared to be saying is it's it's no fun for the bully who's picking on you if you if you like go along with it like if they're they're teasing you oh look how look look at his pants they're they're all, you know whatever and it, they're like yeah you're right they are that's true so the fact that the, the revival seemed to be like oh you want us to do a thing where we've got like itching powder on our balls you you think we won't commit to the bit. We're going to commit to the bit. they're professionals. Yeah. And a lot of this horseshit narrative that's being thrown around is, oh, they're crying. They don't want, they, they're not getting this or that. Creative satisfaction goes a long way. It goes such a long way. Man, I just, Alex, what, what did I ever, what did, when you came on, what did I tell you to write about? I'm pretty sure it was whatever the fuck you wanted. It's true. That's Pardon true. my language. It, 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 I, was a, it was a really great deal we had there. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that at one point I assigned you a boxing article and you're like, oh, yeah. I don't know about boxing. And I'm yeah. like, oh, well, it's the story of a hunter yeah. boxing a bear. Yeah, yeah. He knocked out a bear with one punch. One did knock him out. But the, the, the bear did not come out of the corner for the second round. We'll just say that. <laughs> and three years later, throughout you being an assistant editor, not being an yep. assistant editor, being a satire writer, being a podcaster, yep. being a host, not or being an anchor at times, yep. you're still here. Creative satisfaction goes Creative a long way. Satisfaction, sir. Now I'm not saying let them do whatever they want, but my God, how about sometimes we let them do what they want? Sometimes. Sometimes. Dawson's facial expression was great here. <clears throat> Lars Sullivan comes out. He beats up the conga line, beats up No Way Jose, body press into the ring post, backdrop across the barricade. I love how they're building him, but it's time for matches. It's time yeah. for matches. The best performance I've seen from Vince McMahon in months yeah. was him backstage on the phone saying, 
three, strictly three people uh-huh. in the wild card. Elias doesn't count. And then Lars comes in, looks at Vince McMahon, and he goes, four? We'll go with four? Good talk. And I was like, you know what? That was good. That that built Lars Sullivan yep. really, really well. Because Vince McMahon, the guy who was shitting all over Roman Reigns at every opportunity, is scared to death of Lars Sullivan. Yep. I like that. That's fine. That's good. Uh, again, the wild card rule is utter bullshit. But I, but uh, th- this moment worked. But the wild card rule is not salvageable. Somebody on the chat says the Rev- revival were getting library silence, so this might help them. You know, it would help them. Good booking, creative storylines, the yeah. things that they were complaining about. Just let the revival face the Usos in a thirteen-minute tag match on Raw. Watch the people not be silent. Yeah. Like let those two great teams have a match as opposed to playing pranks on each other from Revenge of the Nerds. Hey, in the 80s. And you know what? If they were funny, I would I would be all for it because oh. I, I've seen a lot of serious tag teams do funny bits. Justin Jones sent a super chat and said the revival literally sold their nuts off tonight. Same. That they did. WWE Championship match. Daniel Bryan cuts a promo about Kofi being a shameless merch machine. Kofi follows up with another strong, serious promo. He is knocking this world title reign out of the park. Uh Uh, I think a lot of people expected this to be a novelty, be a shut the fans up type of thing. No, Kofi's rising to the occasion. And you're always going to have those people that were like, oh, yeah, but the ratings are dropping under him. The viewership is dropping under him. Well, you know what? Uh, Once, Once upon a time, there was a guy named... Kevin Nash, who did some of the worst numbers ever, and he scooted on over to WCW, and numbers weren't so bad when he did that. No, that's true. They were pretty good. There were people who blamed the WWF numbers on Shawn Michaels. Uh-uh. Shawn Michaels was blamed for bad numbers at one point. When when you when you blame the talent, the employees for the bad numbers, you know you know who that that. No, you you blame the it's it's a top down problem. I don't see it very very top all the way down to the bottom. I don't see anybody near the top of this card who is so bad that Roman Reigns can't blame him. He is a great performer. He's often giving given terrible subject matter to perform. Yeah, Kofi's over in Cincy. He does a great Tope Conhilo. I love that slingshot Vader bomb he did. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, eleven years in, still adapting, still getting better. He's WWE champion. This is what I was talking about Becky Lynch doing. I want to see her expand her arsenal mm-hmm. like Kofi Kingston did. That spot where he was outside the ring, ran up the stairs, apron and the ropes, and dove outside, outstanding. Brian does this double underhook suplex into an arm bar. We've seen him uh, rock uh, uh, several times in the past. The yes lock is applied, but Kofi rolls into a pin. It gets kicked out of. The Trouble in Paradise is countered with a great knee. Holy yeah. crap, that was gnarly. Good. German Suplex gets two, but Kofi hits Trouble in Paradise for the win. Fine. Good match. Yeah. Really good match. Uh, Kofi gets a, a major title defense. This could and should have happened on SmackDown Live tomorrow yes. night. Yes. Also, I will say, after having five, because yes, Vince, Elias does count. After having five SmackDown superstars on the show tonight, 
if you had asked me to place a bet, I would have bet a thousand dollars that Kevin Owens would have been a sixth superstar from SmackDown coming in to to break up the to to, to just cause qualification and attack Kofi. I admire their restraint not to have a sixth guy and double the number of, that was originally agreed upon of for the wild card rule. And they couldn't have said it before the main event. Yeah. But I fully expected Daniel Bryan to just be announced as a Raw roster member. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and I'm cool with that. I'd be cool with that because he has not been on SmackDown no, since he's not. WrestleMania. Nope. And yep. as we've learned, the club can just show up. And that's you know that's one of the reasons why I right. think it should just be five week, four or five weeks. Yeah. Ext- make, make, make it easier on yourself. Love of God. Make it easier yep. on yourself. Guys, I have lots of reports and exclusives up at FIFOWrestling.com. Uh, I want to congratulate Andrew Thompson, one of our uh, news team members, who hopefully will be starting full-time with us soon. Uh, he graduated from college, did this job while balancing eight classes. That work ethic is unmatched. You owe it to yourself to follow him and Jeremy Lambert. We are going to have so many exclusives over this summer. And right now, over the past week, I've had one over the lead Raw writer being fired, why it happened. Eric Bischoff talking about his tastes of WWE production, what he doesn't like. Bully Ray talking about MSG. Uh, We have our contract expiration dates. I do a stats piece every week. RVD explaining why he came back to Impact. Uh, The AIW owner explaining how he talked EC3 into pretending to be Sid when Sid no-showed his event. Kevin Thorne talking about talking Monty Brown into doing a pro wrestling performance. I had that Leo Rush news this week. I had the uh, Revival contract offers. Just tons of stuff over there, guys, and we got a lot more. I posted another little scoop ski about heat on a uh, creative team member. Lots of stuff going on. Join us 6 p.m. Eastern Wednesday for the Listen Your Boy. Tap that bell for notifications. Hit a thumbs up on this video if you're watching live, but we are on podcast platforms everywhere. Follow Alex at Palowski the Fourth. Follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. Lots of neat stuff coming, you guys. I want to thank you guys. Uh, I want to thank our our viewers that speak positively of us, that see people saying things like, oh, they might be biased, and saying, no, they're not. Share this podcast. Uh, Do all that good stuff. I appreciate all of you. We're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.